0: genetics towards the end of the 20th century we finally decoded our genome and now we're able to map our own genetic code but what can this tell us how do we know what is actually important it's all so new to us today we're joined by dr ben lynch naturopathic doctor author educator and epigenetics expert we'll be talking about how understanding your genetic map can help you immediately what to look out for when considering a genetic test, and what he recommends if you want to know more about your genetic predispositions. If that's not enough for you, we'll talk about my genetic report. All this and more on today's Be Healthistic. Welcome to Be Healthistic, the podcast that's more than just health and wellness information, It's here to help you explore your options across traditional and natural medicine so that you can make informed decisions for you and your family. This podcast illuminates the whole story about holistic health by providing access to the expertise of Dr. Steve and Drew Sinatra, who together have decades of integrative health experience. Be Healthistic is powered by our friends at Healthy Directions. Now let's join our hosts. Hi, folks. If you like what you hear today and you want to listen to future conversations on all things integrative and holistic health, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com. Also, check out and subscribe to the Healthy Directions YouTube channel, which features video versions of our episodes plus extra videos you won't want to miss. And finally, we have more with me, Dr. Drew Sinatra, my dad, Dr. Steve Sinatra, and other health experts at HealthyDirections.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Be Healthistic. Today in the show, we're joined by fellow naturopathic physician, Dr. Ben Lynch. Dr. Lynch is a best-selling author of Dirty Genes and is the president of Seeking Health, a company that helps educate both the public and health professionals on how to overcome genetic dysfunction. You could say that Dr. Lynch is an expert in epigenetics, which is the science of understanding how your genes are expressed and how you can use diet, supplements, your environment, and lifestyle to shape your genetic destiny. Dr. Lynch developed the Stratagene Genetic Test, which we'll be talking about today, which is a DNA test that gives you a literal map of how your genes are built. I recently took this test myself, so together we're going to basically gonna look into this test and what makes it different from other genetic reports and what the results can tell you. So Ben, what a pleasure to have you on the show. Awesome to be here, Drew. So there's lots of genetic reports out there, these programs online that you can put in your genetic data and get a whole printout of what's going on with your genes. Why did you develop strategy and what is so you know important about it? What is so good about it? And how can it benefit our listeners?
1: Yeah, well, I only develop things if I see that things have to be improved, right? Mm-hmm. If, if someone is doing a really good job at, Say you know a joint support supplement or you know uh, a genetic test. I'm not going to go into that area. I'm going to recommend them. I'm going to say, hey, you know, use this joint support. It's why Seeking doesn't have a joint support supplement. You know, <laughs> there's there's <laughs> other ones that are doing really well. Um, and uh, the genetic industry is a huge mess. And to be fair, we're all learning. You know, we, it's, a, it's a very new introduction as a tool uh, into disease prevention and to guiding specific treatments. You know, for example, if someone is, goes to the emergency room for, for some type of, of injury and the doctors say, oh, they need to be on, put on a blood thinner right away like warfarin. Mm-hmm. And nowadays they can do on the spot genetic testing to see someone's response to warfarin and then adjust the dose accordingly so they don't kill them from a bleed out. Which just happened to a friend of mine's grandmother, actually, because they didn't use a genetic test mm. uh, for Warfarin and they bled her out. Um, so my reason for jumping in and developing Stratagene was because people are looking at genetics only. Mm-hmm. And when you introduce me, you also say, you know, you may call me as a as an expert in epigenetics. Well, I I kind of think that. Almost all naturopathic physicians and almost all integrative or functional medicine, medical doctors are experts in epigenetics. Right. We have all to be. I'm doing is incorporating specific genetic variations of the individual and applying those epigenetic controls for those genes, which is extremely powerful. So, strategy, from my understanding, is the only genetic report that exists that looks at how genes work together, not in isolation, because we have to stop that reductionist mindset. And not only that, you are going to see how those genes are affected by lifestyle, food, uh, supplements, and the environment and medications. So it's, uh, it's a lot to go through, it's a lot to digest, it's a lot to learn, but ultimately it is your
0: map, it is you, uh, on paper, and it's very, very insightful and empowering. Well, I think a key thing that you said there is that the genes work together, right? They work in unison. Yeah. And I think one of the problems with a lot of genetic testing out there is people are asking the question, well, I've got this SNP, right? I've got this single nucleotide poly- polymorphism for MTHFR or for HISTAO or whatever it is, or, or sorry, DAO gene. And so people get so attached to, well, how do I treat this SNP, right? Okay. But they're not looking at like more the global picture of these genes are actually working in concert together. And that's what Stratagene is showing you in a visual map, too, of how each gene is working and the different cofactors involved and everything. So that's it right there, because I feel like people haven't heard that before, is our genes are working together.
1: Yes. And, you know, there's 18,000 of them or so, you know, and... You know, I first started out with one particular gene called MGFR, which is associated Mm -hmm. with so many different things. And I just went, you know, rabbit hole deep in this one. And cardiovascular disease, pregnancy complications, infertility, cancers, um, you know, mental disorders, neurological disorders. I mean, it's associated with, you know, almost you name it, it's there. And And you're thinking, well, wow, that's that's powerful. And so if I have that genetic variant, or SNP and MPGFR, that means I'm gonna get all those things. Um, That's what I originally thought. And um, I've since learned that is far from the truth. Um, And what I was, a really important point here to understand is strategy looks at genes that are very common in the population. I mean, genetic variations that are very common in the population and have an impact on how the gene functions we do not look at genes that if you have them, you are screwed. So for example, Mm -hmm. you know, there are genes out there that if you are born with, you're probably alive on the planet for two, three days, maybe a week or two, and then you are going through uh, major issues and doctors will run genetic testing and find a specific gene that is associated with your serious illness. And then you have to be going to a genetic counselor and go on specific treatments for the whole rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That is a different ball game for genetics, you know. And a lot of genes uh, are ignored because they have not any disease causation per se, but they increase susceptibilities for things. Yeah. So there is a lot of talk from genetic counselors that MTHFR is not a problem at all. It should be ignored. Don't worry about it. Just take your folic acid. It's not a big deal. It's not associated with any conditions, um, you know, disease causing. It's not disease causing. And so strategy does not look at genes that are disease causing. Strategy looks at only things that are may increase susceptibility to things. MTHFR does not cause cancer. MTFR does not cause high homocysteine. It's associated with these things and may increase one's susceptibility. And if it does so, what actions do you need to take in order to, you know, optimize your life and reduce that susceptibility? And and you can't.
0: Right. And then going back to the epigenetic piece, you had, I think this was on your website or something, but I got this quote yesterday. It was change in the environment, mindset, and nutrients, and these genetic susceptibilities become only that susceptibilities. Yes. So that's beautiful right there. I mean.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think that was the first page of strategy. And, um, you know, we want people to welcome genetic testing in their life if it's the right one. And we want people to feel empowered, not disempowered when they get their genetic information. And that is a huge difference with strategy. And you are not going to see that, um, you know, you are red in these particular list of genes because red means caution, warning danger stop and then the first thing you your instinct is to all right how do i fix that well it might not be bad at all you know drew you've got you know a number of reds on your report just like i do it doesn't mean they're bad it means they're functioning different what than what this typical population is and you know i almost said normal and that's the other thing that we have to understand is if when we get our genetic report back all we're identifying is what make and model we are and what year that's it. Yeah. So, you know, I could be a Volkswagen, uh, you know, mini bus, you know, um, you know, uh, Volkswagen bug mm-hmm. and drew, you could be a Hummer and both of these vehicles are totally fine and they have their purposes and their functions. We just need to know that, you know, drew you are probably going to be uncomfortable and long freeway freeway, rides and not be very efficient at it Mm -hmm. but you know if you're in the you know in a war or fighting or you know going four-wheel driving you're going to be doing way better now on my side freeway driving is better it's more efficient but i'm not going to go to war in my volkswagen bug i probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. um so we just need to know because if if find that volkswagen mini and i am that a bug and i'm going to war and driving on four-wheel you know roads that should be four wheels I, I'm going to be struggling throughout my life. And nobody knows what make and model car they are. They have no idea. Yeah. So when you do strategy, you're starting to get that insight. And then you are starting to make lifestyle decisions that support you, not what other people tell you that
0: you should do. You're actually supporting you based upon how you're built. So it's personalizing your health, it's optimizing your health in that way.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, and it's, you know, looking over your report this morning. You know, I I found a number of things in there and and it's it's awesome that you know you are doing what you are doing because you'd be in trouble if not. And the same for me. Mm -hmm. But I think if you go back and look at how your life has evolved and the things that you've moved away from, you've probably moved away from certain lifestyle choices or or foods because you probably did those things and didn't feel very good. So you naturally Mm -hmm. Moved away from them because you felt better when you did, but you didn't really understand why you were feeling that way. Maybe because, you know, but now with strategy and you're going to be able to say, oh, that's why I can't do that very much compared to, you know, my brother, Jack,
0: um, who can do it just fine. Right. 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 Well, before we hop into the my strategy and results really quick, I wanted to have you describe you know, in your report, so in the strategy report, it, you know, there's certain SNPs that you're really focusing on. Um, but like you said, I mean, there's thousands of genetic variants or, you know, polymorphisms out there. Why did you choose those specific ones to focus on?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll lead with uh, a conversation I had with one of the top doctors out there in, in the realm of genetics. And that's Dr. Robert Navio. He mm-hmm. is a major researcher um, in autism uh, in mitochondrial dysfunction, and he's based out of University of California, San Diego um, uh, med school. And he's brilliant. He's so brilliant. He wrote seminal papers on on subject called cell danger response. Yes. Um, phenomenal guy. Um, and he wrote the first ever prescription for the whole genome in the world. And uh, he did it for the CEO, of, uh, former CEO of Illumina who is the largest uh, chip holder or chip manufacturer for DNA testing in the world, um, which is what strategy uses as a, as a core is Illumina. Um, so he knows his stuff and he, he and I talk uh, a fair bit, quite a, quite a bit. And uh, he says, Ben, you know what you do? You work on genes that we refer to as eco alleles. You, you work on genes that have been selected by the, You know natural selection over time to support that particular individual in their particular environment Mm -hmm. what's happened is we have our ancestors lived in a particular environment and we've moved away from that and our environment has changed so radically with emf and and pesticides and chemicals and processed foods and Mm -hmm. you know sitting and staring at screens all day so those genes that we've inherited for for various reasons and benefits really allowed us to survive and thrive 100, 200, 300 years ago. And now those particular genetic variations that we've inherited are now acting up per se in our mm-hmm. current environment. So Stratagene is looking at genes that are very common, i.e. greater than 5% uh, in the population or have some identified functional variation meaning that research shows that this particular genetic variant has an effect on the human body mm-hmm. a lot of genetic testing out there looks at just a bunch of SNPs. they just look they just want to report you as many SNPs as they, as they can because more is better well the problem is you start researching a particular SNP and mthr and you go in the literature and there's no evidence of it there's they it, it exists but there's, they don't know what the effect is. And so strategy looks at only genetic variants that have researched, identified effect, and that are common in the population. So, and the cool thing is they're also modifiable through your lifestyle, diet and environmental action. So if you have a genetic variant and it's on strategy, you can modify the effect of it through making changes or you know, improvements in your, in your choices.
0: Well, I've been waiting for you to say dirty, dirty jeans, but you haven't said that yet. So, so please tell us about why you named your book Dirty Jeans and how it can influence and talk about the things we're talking about today.
1: Yeah. So when you order Stratagene, you will also get a copy of the book Dirty Jeans. It comes with it. And you also get the online course, Dirty Jeans course. So our goal is to educate you in understanding how your body works, because in health class, you never you never got this type of information and it mm-hmm. it's really needed. I mean, if people really knew that their signs and symptoms were associated with dirty genes and they can clean their genes, that's pretty powerful stuff. So a dirty gene is simply a gene that's not acting. It's not functioning at its best. That's it. So you could could inherit a gene that is slightly a slower performer in, say, um, supporting your cardiovascular health. Mm -hmm. But... At the same time, even though your, your gene, your specific gene as described in dirty genes called NOS3, nitric oxide synthase gene, or nitric oxide synthase three gene, this particular gene's job is to produce nitric oxide. And some of you may be taking the drug called nitroglycerin. And if you find out from strategy that you have a slower nitric oxide synthase three gene that does not produce as much nitric oxide, then there's things that you can do in your lifestyle instead of just depending on nitroglycerin, which you, you need and you don't get off of, but there's things that you can do to enhance its effectiveness and continue to make it work. Um, so a dirty gene is simply a gene that's not functioning at its best, it's misbehaving. And you know, someone called it a, a naughty genes. And <laughs> the, the, um, the publisher really wanted me to name the book Seven Deadly Genes. I was like, no, 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 it, it, these, these seven genes are not deadly at all because people can make, you know, lifestyle modifications and thrive with the, whatever, however they've inherited them. doesn't matter. Well,
0: Even with the word dirty, you know, that you can clean it. Exactly. So you can, you can help repair them.
1: Yeah. And the first cover rendition was interesting because they, they took bites out of the letters. Like the letters had holes in them and th- <laughs> chomped up. And I was like, you know, that that's not doesn't look really repairable. And my wife looked at the cover and, she, and I told her and I shared with her my thoughts. And I said, you know, this cover is not representing what dirty jeans. She goes, well, why don't you just have it like a dirty dust cover and somebody takes a rag and dusts it off. Yeah. And so that's what we've done. So half the cover of dirty jeans has got like this dust on top of it. And the other half is just a hand wiping off the
0: dust on your table. Yeah. I almost thought it looked like a windshield wiper. <laughs> so it's like, phew, cleans yeah, everything off. That works, too. Um, well, let's, let's jump into my report then and kind of go over some of my uh, potential issues that I would have if I didn't live the lifestyle that I did. Yeah. And, um, you know, one that really struck out to me was your, your
1: kiting. And mm. man, I wish I could do that. That's you you will someday, Ben. You will. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's on my list, man. We'll I make it for... to Hood River someday. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a particular gene that you have in here that enhances, um, dopamine transport and, uh, dopamine, uh, receptors. So you can make all the dopamine you want. You can take all the dopamine medications you want. And dopamine is one of those neurotransmitters that you, that increases when you get hugs, um, or you do things that excite you, um, or you have addictive behaviors like, you know, crazy downhill skiing, um, or, you know, down <laughs> triple X runs, uh, um, black diamond runs, um, or from smoking, alcohol, uh, sex, all these increase dopamine. And there's one particular gene that drew has that, um, binds dopamine and it's a, it's a bit, um, faster from what I recall. So it, it can bind more dopamine and, it's associated with learning as well. And so if people who have this higher dopamine levels, they tend to perform better with memory and learning when they are doing, they're doing more active things in life. So if you have a child who is struggling with ADHD or focus and they just sit around all day, well, that might be a problem. And now you start doing sports and you start noticing that they're their learning is improving and they're they're starting to excel well that's because exercise is associated with this particular gene and it enhances learning and another one is um if you have high too high dopamine now you can become too anxious and nervous and almost irritable and so if you're stuck in a classroom that has 40 kids in there or 30 kids and the teacher isn't you know telling people to pay, you know, to behave and pay attention, then these, these kids who have these higher levels of dopamine in their brain, they're going to be anxious and they're not going to be able to focus. So they found out that these kids perform better in quieter environments. Mm -hmm. So my son, Theo is similar to this. And he has a similar gene as Drew where he performs better in a more quiet environment. And he will actually wear, he wore headphones when he was in school um to block out the noise, and his his test scores went up. So I want to ask you, Drew, do you notice that you know have you ever looked at and say, you know I do learn better after exercise or you know moving in some regard or hiking, and you know I do perform better in quieter environments whereas my wife can you know or someone that I know can just continue to to learn in noisy environments just fine?
0: All the above. All the above. All the above. I mean, I'm a very active person. I need to, I need to move my body regularly. Mm-hmm. I need to be out in nature. And I read on that uh, analysis there that those who have this, you're talking about the comp gene, right? Well, there's comp gene, but this is DRD2. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: And receptors. And, uh, and then there's an SLC, a dopamine transporter gene. So these are new for me to learn. And um, we're, we're actually optimizing the write up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, your comp gene is also slow as, as we described in the book. Um, but, uh, when you saw that you you were born with a slower CNT, what, did, what did that, um, how did that make you feel?
0: Well, of course you think there's something wrong when you see that it's slow, right. As compared to normal, but, mm-hmm. um, but in reading about it, I, I believe you said there, there's some positive qualities that go along with that. Absolutely. And what were those positive qualities? Uh, I believe it was the ability to to focus, mm-hmm. wasn't it? So yeah. it, it, when I need to, I can certainly focus very, and I can be like almost like a type A personality where I can just focus, 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 and then I right. need to take a break though after. Yes, or else I burn myself out. Right, and that's that's the beauty
1: of a slow COMT. The slow CMT, uh, you know, it's not when you said, you know, you you see that you're you're slow, and you're it's not normal,
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: have to remove that word normal. From our language yes because you know what you are is you and we need to understand that it's it's different than what's typical so i love to use the word typical versus normal so what is typically found in the population is a cmt gene with a, a typical speed and you vary from that your mm-hmm. cmt gene is slower the benefits of that is like you said, you can focus, you can concentrate, and you're driven. The problem is you will, you will just keep grinding and grinding and grinding until you burn yourself out and freak yourself out. And you won't be there for, you know, your health will go down and your, your relationship with your family will go down and so on. And you'll cut everybody out. And um, the cool thing is once you identify that you're a slow CONT, it's going to give you an understanding of why you might be so driven, why you might be type A. And at the same time, honor yourself and say, guy, you know what? I need to go kiting more. I just accomplished this. I'm going to go mm-hmm. kiting. Or I'm going to go hiking with my family. Or I'm going to go on vacation. And when you start understanding that, it's very, very powerful. And um, it's also very effective um, in terms of understanding your partner and your spouse. Because, you know, if your wife sees that you're a slow CMT, she's going to know that, Drew, are you taking care of yourself? You're driven right now hey, let's, let's back off a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I think she, I would love it if she would listen to this too, because, uh, (laughs) we, we differ so much in, in how we go to sleep at night. She can go to sleep with the light on. There can be noise around. Like I have to have complete quiet and darkness in order to fall asleep.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) And, and I, I see why, I mean, your, your histamine pathway, um, is slightly slower in various areas. Your, um, dopamine, uh, pathway is slightly slower, your serotonin um, conversion to melatonin is also slower. So your ability to synthesize melatonin is reduced. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I know that you love wearing those blue blocking glasses. I remember seeing you wearing those things, right? (laughs) And, um, and so the, when you start noticing these things, because you and I are wired similarly, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have an MTHR variant, you have a slower COMT, your MTHR is slower, your ability to synthesize melatonin is slower. So you're going to be staring at the ceiling, looking at the sheet play, not jump over the moon, and you're going to be wanting to join them. Um, and so the, when you understand that there's things that you can do to help speed those genes up so you can clear out that dopamine and, and there's lifestyle choices, you know, for you you should really cut the amount of protein you have for dinner. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. You should really cut that and, you know, have your protein in the morning and at lunch. Mm. And, um, you know, if you have three meals a day, um, if you have two, you know, the bulk of your protein should be at your first meal and your second meal should be, you know, a salad with, you know, a little bit of protein, um, maybe some fat uh, for fuel instead of Mm. protein. Um, So maybe an avocado in there too. you know, and uh, you know that way. If you reduce the amount of protein, the building block for dopamine is tyrosine, and tyrosine yeah. comes from protein. So, if you reduce your intake of tyrosine, then you're not building as much dopamine, and you're going to burn throughout, through it throughout the day. And you're going to do better.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. And and Ben, I've been really curious. Like for me, being out in nature is probably like the best medicine possible. Going out into the woods and just sitting there and being present with nature. What have you found in your research that would support nature in how these pathways might function more optimally? <laughs> every single gene, <laughs> every single one.
1: Um, I presented once at a conference in Banff, beautiful area. And and uh, there's this wise old doc sitting right in front of me. And I, I felt a little uh, on edge because I knew this guy was a lot wiser than me. And um, so I, I finished my presentation and he comes up to me and he, and he goes, Ben, I just want to thank you. Well, I said, for what? And he goes, you are legitimizing everything that we've been saying for decades mm. about why we should live the way we should live and why we make all these natural recommendations for people, you know, to, you know, reduce your exposure to insecticides, to get out in the sunlight, to move more, um, you know, to breathe fresh air. And he goes, you're you're demonstrating that genes are affected by these things. And if you surround your gene with healthier choices, they're going to survive and thrive. Every action that you take or don't take is going to have a genetic response, yeah. period. And so if you choose to stay up till three in the morning and you do that for five nights in a row and you're sucking down caffeine and you know, you're eating ho-hos and ding-dongs and twinkies, Mm -hmm. you know, your genes don't get any of the love or the support they need because genes have jobs to do, that's it. Genes have jobs and they have tools that are needed to do those jobs. And so if you give a carpenter, you know, a hammer with a slightly broken handle and uh, only four nails and you say, hey, go build me a deck, they're going to like, no, you know, but if you give them all the tools and, and resources they need, they'll build your deck. Your genes are the same. And so if you do not give your genes fresh air, filtered water, um, or whole foods without, you know, or, you know, without pesticides or herbicides, you know, your genes are not going to get the resources they need. And as a result, they're going to say, I need help. And their cry for help is symptoms, headaches, irritability, you know, insomnia, weakness, fatigue, depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, all these are are wake up calls and signals that your genes are telling you, Hey, you know, don't forget about me. We're asking for help here. And a lot of people say, you know, they utilize conventional medicine for everything, anti antidepressants, anti anxiety, anxiolytics, antacids, antibiotics, everything's against the body antihistamines. And so, you know, it's when you look at your strategy report, you'll quickly see that, you know, Um, acute stress, smoking, caffeine, um, infections, uh, aluminum, inflammation, nitrous oxide, arsenic, cadmium, lead. Um, And uh, we've also got, um, you know, excessive exercise, um, acetaminophen. So all these things are are affecting how our genes work and, and insecticides are a big one. So, you know, you have one particular gene that is associated with, um, I think what was it, uh, with serotonin. So your ability to synthesize serotonin is, is quite good. Your ability to transport your serotonin is quite good. Now your ability for, this is where it matters. Your ability to bind serotonin to the receptor to actually make it work in your brain, Mm -hmm. um, is, Good in some areas and slower in other areas. So it's faster in some areas and slower in others. And what slows it down are pesticides. Mm -hmm. So if you're out in nature and, you know, you live by a golf course or maybe you're an exterminator for your living, for your job. Right. And you find out that guy, pesticides are really affecting your mood, but you don't really put that together. And you find out that you have a slow gene for serotonin and you've been depressed. And you find out that organophosphates and um, are are slowing your ability for for pawn one, um, which is your homocysteine and cardiovascular disease risk, and you, your doctor has been telling you your cardiovascular disease is sky high. You know, you're, you or your loved one has been working the insecticide you know industry forever, or using
0: it in your home. And you're like, damn, I should cut that stuff out. Yeah. Well, this is where you're describing in detail how the environment is affecting our genes, how they're how the environment's dirtying our genes. Um, can you talk quickly about stress and how stress can either speed up or slow down uh, a SNP?
1: Yeah. So stress um, is a Dr. Bruce Lifton talks about how you perceive the environment is going to control how your genes perform. So if you perceive, you know, that you're going to be you're nervous about speaking on stage and you step on stage and you see a bunch of people in the audience and you're scared about that, you're going to increase the stress response, which is then going to tell a bunch of genes in your body to say, Hey, produce a lot of dopamine or epinephrine and epinephrine Mm -hmm. to increase your alertness and focus and possibly, you know, be more aware, but also get out of danger. These same genes that are are using up nutrients to do that. And now your body also has to break all that stuff down. So it's work. Stress is what's called catabolic.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if something is catabolic, it means it requires energy to do in a big way. And stress is that exactly that. The stress isn't bad. It's a natural response. But if it's persistent, you are depleting yourself and you are you're using up the nutrients that you're taking Way faster, and you've probably noticed that if you've you've had a big stressor in your life, that you're exhausted after. Yeah, you're trashed, and if you're not taking multivitamin, you're not taking multivitamin or mineral, and you're not eating well. You and in, you handled your stress by drinking more alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to have three drinks tonight just to take the edge off. I usually don't have three drinks, but man, today was such a stressful day, and now I'm going to have <laughs> some drinks and uh, maybe i'm going to run extra hard because i was i'm all pissed off at how my my speech went and now you go and exercise really hard you've depleted your genes even more now the resources are even lower so now you've increased your susceptibility to sickness or infection so again genes have jobs to do they need tools to do so they need resources to do it and if you are doing things which are requiring extra work for them All you need to do is provide them additional resources. That's it. If you're out on vacation or if you're out kiting, you're doing something you love, you're out working in the garden and you just love doing these things, or maybe you love speaking on stage and it's great for you, it's not tiring, it's it's enlightening, um, then you don't need as much support because you're feeding your genes.
0: Yeah. Well, Ben, I'm just so happy you came on the show today because I feel like for our listeners, my dad and I are always talking about – stress and, uh, you know, high glucose levels and pesticides and metals and all sorts of stuff from the environment that can affect your body in a negative way. And now I feel like there's an, a, a visual that people can have if they have this report done that will show them how certain stress or stressors are affecting their body. So this is going to be great for our audience to do. I highly recommend that that people get this report done. Um, as we wrap up here, uh, we're going to share some wellness wisdom with our listeners as we always do. Um, So keeping with our discussion, what is one pearl of wisdom that you would talk about in regards to epigenetics and genetic testing?
1: There's a lot of focus on things that seem important, but we forget the big picture, i.e. sunscreen. You know, you're looking for organic sunscreen. You just want the zinc oxide. You don't want all those other chemicals. You're looking for a good, clean toothpaste. You're using Toms of Maine or some something else, or you're using deodorant without aluminum. That's all great, but we breathe 11,000 liters of air every single day. Yeah. And without air, we're dead in a few minutes. So I want you to tune in right now and feel how your hands and your feet are. Are they cold? Are they sweaty? Are they hot? So my hands are slightly cold. And how are yours, Drew? Mine are warm. Yours are warm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So this is described in the book, Dirty Genes, for the particular gene called nitric oxide synthase 3 gene. Drew has a slower nitric oxide synthase 3 gene and a slower anti gene and a slower glutathione gene. And all these genes reduce blood flow. But despite having slow genes in all these things for blood flow, Drew's hands are warm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's calm, he's breathing properly and he's making the lifestyle choices that he needs despite having dirty ability to synthesize nitric oxide in multiple genes for Drew. He's doing just fine. So and the opposite could be true. You could bo- be born with, you know, typical MCHFR genes, typical nostril genes, typical glutathione genes they are all spot on, but your hands could be freezing. If your hands are cold, your nitric oxide productions are low. How do you fix it? You focus first on your breathing. So breathe through your nose. And when you breathe through your nose, you don't want to really feel the air rush in. You just want to breathe in and not too fast, not too slow. And then you exhale throughout and use your abdominal. I'm sure you've talked about this before, but start focusing on your breathing. And notice what happens to your hands and your feet. They're going to warm right up.
0: Yeah, I, I love that, Ben. And, and um, what I like about everything right now, I'm going to summarize it, is this. You can take charge of your genetic destiny. You don't have to be a victim of your genes. You can change them. You can improve them by all the things that we talked about today, and particularly having the strategy and report done. So you have a, a roadmap to use. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, my
1: pleasure. And, and every choice matters. People... I remember I was, I was doing a discussion about food and people are was like, "Well, can I really change my blood sugar that quickly or or, you know, improve my diabetes type 2 or type 1 quickly through diet?" And I said, "Yeah, your next bite matters."
0: Mm-hmm. So, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks Ben for coming on the show. Appreciate Probably. it. That's our show for today, folks. If you have a question or an idea for a show topic, please send us an email or share a post with us on Facebook. And remember, if you like what you heard today and you want to be an active member of the Be Healthistic community, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorites. You can also find more great content and information from us and the Healthy Directions team at HealthyDirections.com. I'm Dr. Drew Sinatra, and this is Be Healthistic. Thanks for listening to Be Healthistic, powered by our friends at Healthy Directions with Drs. Drew and Steve Sinatra. See you next time.